welcome to 353rd. I'm Anders Brownworth. And I'm Scott Barstow. Today we're talking about uh, Google's self-driving car. If you had the opportunity to rewrite what a car is, why is everybody up in arms about sitting in a device that doesn't have a steering wheel? Yeah, so it's interesting. The I thought when we when we started talking about this uh, earlier in the week, it was I thought it was first of all, I have to say that the pictures of the self-driving car were were slightly disturbing in that it looked like something out of the mo- out of the Pixar movie Cars. Yeah, exactly. It's, it looked it's like a little toy car, a little frumpy little guy. And why, you know, why do you why do you need to do that? And yeah, like, all that's missing was the smile on the front of the car. It, it didn't have a f- smile. It had a straight. If you look at the picture, it's got like a straight frown, like a straight. It's, <laughs> if you're it gonna does. make that car, you need to put a smile on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But Agreed. I thought your point was interesting. Uh, if you wanted to, I thought it'd be good to revisit some of your, you know, why, why are, <clears throat> excuse me, why are cars or why did we build roads the way that we built roads and why are we still using them the same way? And then what does that mean for the future? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good point. So, so roads and interestingly, train tracks are the width apart that they are because you know, before we were driving cars around on these roads, we were driving carts around with with horses, and uh, the first extensive road network to do that was the Romans. And you know, if you didn't make a cart with a standard wheelbase, so standard width between the wheels, the cart doesn't fit on the road. It you know, one side would be in a in a rut, and the other side would be, you know up on dry land somewhere so it would and everything would be kind of lopsided so everybody sort of fell into this uniform thing uh of a of a distance between wheels and that goes back to the romans and they got that from the width of a horse (laughs) Um, yeah it's interesting that if you think about it though i mean really if you drive down I suppose if you drove down a road in, you know, rural England or something like that, the roads are obviously very narrow. But by and large, if you're on a road in the United States, it's more or less, even if it's a two-lane road, those roads are generally going to be standard width. Like they're going to fit, you know, it's going to fit, be able to fit a tractor trailer on it. It's going to be able to fit all these things on it. And the and the and that really hasn't that certainly hasn't changed in my lifetime. It probably hasn't changed more or less since they started paving roads. Right. Yeah. And and they started paving roads because they they had paths everywhere that had lots of mud, and so the width of the road that you paved was driven by the width of the path that you that that you had there. And and I would say even in you know old England where we've got you know some some. Uh, a quaint hedgerow somewhere, the width there still is the same. It might seem narrow, but you know you drive the same cars on that. I mean, maybe it, it's only you one. You just fits. put one of them on there, right? Exactly. Two. Yeah. So, so it's not a you know it's not actually it extends farther than that. If you look at uh, you know like tractors uh, driving on fields, uh, planting rows of you know vegetables or whatever, what have you. They, they use a similar wheelbase and you see those things riding up on the, on the normal roads too. And that comes from, uh, you know, some kind of an ox or whatever it is walking down the, the, uh, the rows of, uh, of, you know, wheat or whatever it is that you're planting 
dragging a plow behind it. It's the same thing. It's all driven by the width, the standard width of a load-bearing animal. Uh, and that, that comes from the Romans and very likely, you know, I would not be surprised if they got that from way back, you know, all the way to the Egyptians, uh, riding around on chariots. Uh, yeah. it's gotta be the, the same thing. You notice that really didn't change. And why are we talking about this? It doesn't make any sense. Well, here, here we are standing at a, a, uh, a sort of a pivotal point where we could redefine a lot of things. And I don't think we're going to redefine what the road has you know, in terms of width and 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 everything right this second but well i think that's sure primarily because the yeah the cost of doing that would just be astronomical yeah it would right? but so. but you know we we're all agreeing for whatever reason that a car looks like a thing with four wheels and, and you got to remember carts back in the day essentially were two-wheeled devices and then you had some big uh, stage coaches and whatnot that that got to four, but effectively it was like a tripod. It was a uh, with the two wheels in the back and then the animal on the front, which you know is either four legs or or you know one wheel as you as you. Right. So it used to be like a three three pointed thing. So we're essentially saying that look, a car is uh, a thing with four wheels. And it's got a passenger compartment in in the middle, and then some kind of something sticking out the front, and maybe something sticking out the back. I mean, this thing, you know, yeah, it's got a place for for you to put stuff in yeah. either the front or the back. It's got some sort of motor, yeah, it'll drive uh, that's you either in the front or the back, and then uh, and then the people sit a certain way inside that car, right? So, so in our case, they always sit uh, more or less. You know, you had the old romper seats uh, in the station wagons and stuff that that where you where kids would sit all the way in the back and face backward. Right. That's really the last time we saw any sort of deviation from everybody faces forward. Right. Uh, and everybody's sitting now. It's even everybody's sitting pretty much in their own bucket seat. Bent seats are going away. Right. Um, so that you have this sort of standard way of thinking about how you go down the road. Yeah, so if you get in uh, a helicopter or some some uh, flights, uh, you know, like I'm thinking a VIP helicopter or whatever, the seats in the back face each other. It's a place where you get work done. It's not a place where you have a similar kind of view of the driver because you have to take the visual cues. You know, you're driving down the road and you're telling a story and then somebody's starting to walk out in front of the car or you see some accident developing. Instantly, the conversation stops and it stops because, you know, and it doesn't feel awkward because you're trying to process the same information that the driver is. Well, in the case of a self-driving car, there is no driver and hence no need to stop the conversation. So everybody can be, it can be a living space. It can be a working space. It can be, you know, a, a, a space where, I mean, why do you have to sit? You, you could lie down. Why don't you go to sleep? You know, we're, we're driving for two hours. So yep. go to sleep. Yeah. You know, I, I or don't even know. stand up, right? Walk around sure. inside. Who knows? Yeah. Why is this, and, and, and why does a, a, a people carrier, essentially, what is what we're building here, why does this have to be a small thing like a car? Why can't it be, like, big? Well, like, why are limos big? You know, limos, there's another thing where you got bench seating that kind yep. of faces each other, and, I mean... It's and, built for conversation, it's built for, right, it's you know, six for, to eight people the, in the car the or whatever. Yep. Right, and, and, and no no contemplation about the driver or what's going on outside. It's really very focused on, 
you know, let's have fun internally inside this car. Yeah. Um, or I'm sitting back there, as you said, getting a bunch of work done. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got, it's me and two of my associates. We're in a, you know, an Uber black car or an Uber right. limo or whatever. And our, our main purpose for paying, <clears throat> excuse me, paying for that car is that we don't, we explicitly don't want to worry about how we're getting there, what the traffic's like, is there a wreck? All we care about is we've got to get from A to B. And I think that's where the self-driving car is an opportunity to do things like it takes the responsibility off of a human to drive. And if that's the case, then I mean, you just think about all the, all the trips you make in a car, family road trip and all those kinds of things, the dynamics of those trips can radically change. Yeah. So, so another thing we've got is a, because these cars, you know, I would just venture a guess are, are going to tend to be electric. You don't right. need to have you can effectively have the the drive units inside the wheels or you don't have to have, you know, 20, 30 percent of the the front of the car be an engine anymore. That's um, right. You do need to store batteries, but generally you can do that, you know, really spread out under the floor of the uh, the living space or something like that. Yeah, and so, that's what we're seeing with Tesla and cars like they're right. re- you're starting to rethink how the drivetrain of the vehicle is shaped and where things are stored and how efficiently you can do that sort of thing. Right, but a, but a Tesla looks like a gasoline car for for all practical intents and purposes. There is really no departure there visually so you you have this opportunity okay we're going to make a we're going to make a an electric car well it still has this enormous i mean you know enormous compartment in the front i'm i'm you know i'm thinking back to the first the first cars which actually were electric they looked like quite frankly horseless carriages they were a carriage that had the carriage wheels and even a little window out the front where you would normally, you know, have your horse hooked up and you would you would be, you know, using the little whip or whatever it is, but there was just no horse there. It was in a sense an, a vestigial tail. Right. Uh, and, and it wasn't until a bit later that, you know, it went to the like a steam car and and then finally uh uh the the, you know, petro fuels. Uh and it wasn't until then that the car, the overall look of the car stopped looking like a souped-up stagecoach of sorts and started looking like its own thing. And I look at all the electric cars. I mean, I've got a, a hybrid car, so maybe the argument can be made that, yeah, you kind of still need you know, the volume in the front where, where the power plant is. Well, what about... Um, uh, you know, fully electric cars. Do you really need to? I mean, can we redefine what it is? I find it's interesting that the the full electric car company, the Tesla, they effectively look like gasoline cars. They do. They look a lot like the old uh, Mitsubishi Eclipse or something like that. Like the yeah. body style is. You're definitely right. It is a. It's a gas. It's a gas. It's a gas uh, form look. factor. Yeah. yeah, it's a gas form factor. Exactly. So, so I did. It seems to me that um, you have a couple of opportunities here. One is, you know, how the what how the overall thing looks. Another is what is the function of this thing? Because now, it really it's not. Fo- it shouldn't be focused around driving. So why do we need a windshield? 
right? People like to look forward. I, I, really? Why they don't look forward in an airplane? Yeah, or no in a train shield out there, or in a Bus. train. Right. Yeah, I mean, pick every other mode of transportation. Even in a limo, you're not looking right. through because it's usually either uh, it's either a wall or you've got a window there that's tinted, and you're not looking out the front of a limo either. You're typically looking, you yeah, know, you're either across the, the aisle to your guy, or you're looking backward, that's right. or yeah, whatever. So, so it's, this is the only time when you actually look through the windshield. Yeah, it doesn't seem to to really make sense. So then then they show videos of people getting the into this like this, you know, uh, self-driving car and they're rolling around the back and, and, you know, being freaked out that there isn't a steering wheel and isn't this an amazing thing. Well, you know, yeah, in the sense that this, you know, you're coming from a car and this thing looks like a car, looks like a, a traditional car, but what a brilliant opportunity to have bench seats facing each other. What a brilliant opportunity to, uh, you know, redefine where these things can go. Uh, you know, like, cause a, a self-driving car, I mean, you, you, it doesn't need to have lights outside if it can see via infrared. Uh, you know, so why, why can't you have, uh, why can't you have the thing driving around in the dark? Yeah. Why couldn't you, like, it, why does it have to have two lights in the front and, and look like a, look like a normal car? Um, you know, it can actually be much more aware that of uh, its surroundings than a human driving a traditional car in the in the dark with headlights on. I mean, there are so many more capabilities here. Uh, and the other thing that that people sometimes kind of point at is, well, what about uh, running into things? What about um, you know a car sneaking up on somebody somebody and not being uh, not having the hallmarks of a traditional car, so it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't make any noise. Or I mean, this is this is leveled at uh, electric cars in general as well, right? Um, and people are saying, well, is it going to play a sound? Is it going to like make a you know make some kind of a, a rolling noise or an engine noise? And and people were were you know wigged out by that initially, but you know the Tesla doesn't make a artificial motor noise. Uh, yeah. That that would be or like a, the Prius, right? I mean, no, the, the Prius, Prius, yeah. the Prius no, rolls doesn't. up on you. You're like, oh, oh I, didn't any, I didn't hear it coming. So, so you get you essentially just get used to it a little bit. Yeah, I think. So, what do you think about things like when you talk about self driving cars? One of the things that I think is interesting because there are there still are human decisions when you're driving. For instance, when I pull into a parking lot, where do I park? Yeah, you know. Well, and, well and here's so, the thing. Here's what do you the think thing. about that? Well, I, I think the car, car parks wherever the car parks. I think the car drops me off at the front, which, which totally redesigns <clears throat> the way that places look. There's two things with that. One is because the thing is focused around instead of, uh, uh, you know, you controlling it and you parking it, I think, you know, uh, like department stores and, and food stores and all of this, they're going to have a much bigger, front facade with a you know a thing where you an overhang where you're not going to yeah, almost get like wet. a big circle drive or something right. like that. exactly yeah. and all the cars are just going to circle up and as you're at the cash register or or you're you're kind of checking out somehow your your car is realizing that well i'm going to be needed soon so it you know it kind of lines itself up amongst all the other cars and does this you know probably coordinated in some way and then you just walk up and 
and drop your stuff in or and, yeah it's almost and like school right away in that way right it's like school your exactly car just exactly <clears throat> when you're you know, queuing at the at the checkout your car queues and you walk out and you step out under this under this uh you know covering so you're not getting rained on or whatever and uh yeah it's it's interesting to contemplate what the parking lot is a parking lot Parking lot completely changes. A, they yeah. get a lot smaller because yeah. you can go up instead uh-huh. of out. Well, um, and yeah, you can. Well, well they, you also don't need to leave lanes. If right. all the cars can, uh, you know, essentially self-adjust, you can pack those things in like sardines. Yep. And you, you essentially, you know, if you need to get the car that's sort of all the way in the middle, others of them move out of the way and they do this re- rearranging jig and and the right one comes out and they probably get stacked in there in some sort of a heuristic way so that by the time you know you're getting ready to leave it's cycled out a space for you for that for your little transport to to roll out and get you and, yeah, and you other- could almost think of it like if I'm going into the grocery store and I've got and I'm only going in to get two things yeah you know, you I should, put my car in know. a quick queue instead yeah. of in the, you know, the 45 minute queue or something like that. Right. And there's, there's intelligence around where something's waiting for me as I'm inside the building. Yeah. And you also yeah. think about things like if I'm going to see a movie, mm-hmm. I could conceivably, you know, the car drops me off and then the car goes back home. Sure. And sits and at does. my house right. and waits and waits and waits. And then it comes back to get me when I want to be get, when yeah. I want, when you want to think be about gotten. not being able to, uh, you know, being able to just have your car drop your kids off and not having to, you know, drive your kid everywhere. Uh, yeah. There's a lot. This is a pretty yeah. So let's uh, talk about that. Change. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. So, so the two things with that. One, it it changes. Like, okay, I got to drop the kid off at soccer practice. I got to drop little Sally on her, you know, ballet thing or whatever it is. Yep. It, it it changes that so that you know now there's no thing the kids are going to be like you know well i don't who needs a license what do you you know you just you get in the car and you go wherever you're going to go that's and right so so that well that changes what happens if there's an accident there like normally somebody that is licensed is at least old enough to be able to to know what to do in a in an accident or or something so suddenly right because you got to get out and you do the insurance dance and yeah. you wait for the policeman or you do whatever right yeah and and so now we have the possibility that you're going to have very underage minors sitting in a in a car and something happens and they may not you know you, you, sort of a standard level of basic well I better do this is not there so that that could change things another thing on that is the other end of the spectrum like it is quite reasonable to think uh I I mean I it's it's almost possible today that I, as a, you know, 90 year old guy, I can't see I've, you know, I've gotten old or, and I'm, I'm not able to drive anymore. That really doesn't matter. It's not a loss of freedom. So not only is it in a gain of freedom for, for kids or kids that are, you know, younger than they otherwise would have been to get a license. It's also at the other end of the spectrum you don't have to lose the freedom when you can't control a car. Yeah, or, that is really there. interesting because what end, what ends up happening inevitably is that when you're, you know, 85 years old and you can't see well enough to drive anymore, either A, you keep driving and, you know, start running into people, or yeah. B, you move to one of these, you know, senior homes where, you know, there's 800 of you in the building and like that whole scene. Yeah. 
And so now what you're talking about being able to do is all I've got to be able to do is get from my house to the car. Yeah, it's independence. And it's independence. And yeah. now so the need for centralized, yeah. potentially for centralized senior living uh, is radically affected. Yeah. And my ability to stay in my house, provided that I don't have other health problems that, sure. you know, where I need a nurse or whatever full time. But and, you know, I can't afford to have one and living with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I, if it's just about independence and. Uh, then I'm I that buys me a few more years. It at does, least. and 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 even in the case of an emergency, if I can get myself to my car, and just uh, you, there's no need for for ambulances anymore because with a preponderance of uh, self-driving cars on the road, the, uh, the your car can telegraph to others that it, they need to get out of the way. Because right. I have an emergency here, and I am going to—I can tell all the other cars I'm going to the hospital, and they will part the seas, just like you know it would be out of like you know uh, Moses, a movie or something. Yeah. Uh, and and your car would just zip right to the right to the hospital. So it may be less of a need for uh, ambulances. Maybe you know maybe having non-driverless cars having having human driven cars becomes the liability yeah. it becomes the 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 big honk of metal that kills people where the the let's call it the hit rate on uh, self-driving cars is very low and you know it, they're essentially the dumb cars they're the cars that don't get out of the way when you have a an emergency coming through um, what do you think about things like uh, a speed limit so you yeah. know now we've got we've got a speed limit because humans can only drive so fast and be safe. Yeah. So right so, because there's yeah. decision making that has to happen and there's you know there's other cars on the road you got all these factors where a human has to react. So you got a speed limit and that's a that's I think the reason is because of what you're saying there but the other key that that brings is is so self-driving cars could drive at 100 miles an hour about 2 feet from each other easily. Yep. So not only is it is it a speed limit change, it's also a um you know, it's it's because it, you 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 get up in the morning, you go drive to work and you sit in traffic for an hour or whatever it is. Well, that traffic that's bumper to bumper could in a way be made to run down the road at 100 miles an hour, bumper to bumper. So it it could solve a a, a large problem there and I would imagine it would initially be something like the HOV lane because you get one dumb car in there and the whole thing is, you know, the that's game right. is up. Yeah. I think this, I think this starts, that's a really good point about how does, so let's talk about that for a minute. How do you, how does this transition happen from a human driven highway system to, uh, you know, uh, self-driving cars? And I think, I think you're absolutely right. It looks, the initial version of this is something like you have, in major metros now where I've got a lane that's or two lanes that are dedicated for given traffic, whether that's bus traffic or HOV or whatever it is. I think that's probably how this starts yeah. is that there are lanes, you know, whether it's San Francisco or, you know, LA or something like that, you have these major metros that start to experiment with, if you have a self-driving car, we're going to put you in your own lane um, for most of the trip, and that's how we're going to fi- that's how we're going to put you in amongst, you know, the other eight million cars on the road every day. And but I wonder what that introduces in terms of just complexity of 
of uh, getting these cars into the regular environment. Because what obviously what doesn't when an electric car or sorry a self driving car one thing it can't prevent is someone else running into you. Yeah. Who is a human you know human driven car a dumb but, car. A dumb car, yeah, that's a good that's a good way. So we have smart car and dumb car. A smart car cannot prevent a dumb car from running into it and causing an accident. And and that's where I think, you know, when I saw the the Google's version of the car, it's like, why would you ever put your family in that car? It's like it's like those little smart cars that yeah. people drive around that people bought when gas went to four dollars a gallon back in two thousand eight or whatever. And I was like, why would anybody ever drive that car? If you get in a wreck, there's, you have no chance of survival. Yeah. And so I think there's an opportunity with self-driving cars to make them, uh, to think about safety in new ways. And I think you're going to have to, because as I said, you can't prevent, uh, someone from running into you. And so now that means, you know, if I'm facing backward, let's say, then the safety, you know, the safety dynamics inside the car have to be completely different. And how does that get re-engineered and all that? Right. But sitting backwards. So, so the chance of you getting hit and sped up quite a bit is much lower than, you know, being hit in the front and slowing down very quickly. So sitting backwards is actually better. You know, baby seats in cars, a lot of times when, especially when they're very small infants are facing backwards. Yeah. Up to Um, two years old, you're facing backwards. Right. So, so, and that is actually pretty much the safest direction, uh, for most kinds of accidents It's very rare that you get hit from behind and you, you speed up. Right. Um, and even that wouldn't, you know, be the worst thing. So, so the best way really is to be sitting facing backwards. Um, so yeah, I, I agree though. It does, definitely change these uh the safety picture and and what it means but also if there's a preponderance of self-driving cars on the road and uh you know you you don't need to have an enormous slag of metal to cover you in the case of dumb drivers running into you then the overall the average uh can drastically drop like it like it is in uh europe if you take your typical, like if I were to take my car that I have here to Europe, it would be considered a very big car. Yes. And, yep. and you know what? It would be a very big car. And if I were in Europe, I would have a much smaller car. And I would love that because I don't, I don't want to have an enormous, uh, you know, honking beast driving around. It just doesn't feel efficient. So, but, but I can't do that here. If I buy a smart car here, I feel like it's a smart death trap. Yeah. So uh, I think if you get a, first of all, I, I would imagine that the average, uh, the averages are going to go way down in terms of uh, mile driven per death or whatever the heuristic you want to use. I feel like the self self driving car is going to be far, far, far more. It's going to be an order of magnitude better in terms of um the being the cause of accidents yeah um, i think that's right yeah so if in a world where that's the case and uh you know let's say you and i are 90 years old and we we can't drive ourselves around anymore and most of the cars out there are like this i think the average size goes way down way way down because it's well an efficiency and if you thing. think about yeah if you think about being able to turn seats toward each other now i don't have the problem yeah. right now if you're in a for instance if i ride in a small car we were just in uh, we were just in France, but in you know when we were in Italy three or four years ago, 
we had what was, you know, so we online, we rent a car and we say we want a midsize car because for me to ride, you know, I'm 6'4", yeah. so for me to ride in a small car, it gets really uncomfortable. So I'm thinking, you know, when we get over there, we're like, oh, midsize car is a midsize car. We get yeah. a car that's a little Fiat Punto <laughs> that yes. would be a small car in the U.S. and it's considered midsize over there. Yeah. And but what's what's inefficient about how small cars are built today is that you the seats have to you know I've got to be able to go all the way back and I and so I run into the guy who's in back of me you know I jam his legs up and so yeah. my kids you know were we our kids rode in the back seat the whole time because their legs were the shortest and but you think about being able to completely redesign that interior now a car can get a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of its size, because and as long as I don't compromise the safety part of it, so I put a good cage around it, um, and all of those kinds of things. But I don't have to think about drivers. You know, the concept. I think the thing that for me is really interesting to think about is that the concept of a driver goes away, and that to me is the most radical thing about these smart cars. Is that uh, I don't have to. You know, when your kids turn sixteen, they don't have to start driving. Yeah. And like the ripple effect, as we talked about a little bit on here, but the ripple effect of not having, not designating someone in the car as a driver, yeah, is and very significant from insurance to to drinking to drinking to like you just think about all the ways that people die on the road. Yeah, the fact that I don't have to have a driver who has to make decisions, and just because we're humans. Those decisions are better and worse based on who you are and how much you've driven and all these things. Like yeah. all of those things just go away yeah. as uh -huh. risk factors for being on the road. So yeah. it's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to think through the the uh, the mass change that could happen, and uh, you know, much like. Uh, People, uh, you know, most cars in the U.S. these days are automatic. It is a very rare exception for them to yeah, be Yeah, you've got to go shift. looking for a stick car. You do. And I, I think the same will be true of non-self-driving cars. You're going to have to go look for them. They'll right, because you're going to want that performance. You're going to want the performance wanna, experience yeah, or you're whatever. you want the control experience. It's going to yep. be a – it's not really performance. It's going to be a control experience. You want to yep. – you know, take it off road or, or go places yeah. that electric car or, or self driving cars won't want to go. Right. Or, or do I things they slow down the Audubon do. going two hundred kilometers sure. an hour or whatever. Yeah. So so uh only two hundred? Come on man. <laughs> um so the the difference there is is uh you know it becomes the exception. You start to get the take the uh the um you know the the manual car as an exception and people stop learning how to drive stick yeah. people stop will stop learning how to drive cars and i think we're seeing a bit of that already given the sharing economy you have yep, zip car you have you know lyft sidecar uh uber all these things that that are are a more efficient sharing system. And you see the same thing with other things like bikes and yeah. all these other things happening. But uh, but when I think it, it's the start of a trend that the self driving car will um, will kind of really take to fruition. And an interesting thought experiment uh, of it would be to uh, go buy a, a self driving car. And have it operate in some city somewhere as a taxi. 
Yes, and I agree. have it. Um, so, so you buy this thing, and let's say you're benevolent, and you you buy this thing, and you you uh, allow it to make money on its own and keep its own money that it makes, and. Whenever it needs uh, fuel, it, it fuels up and it pays for that. Whenever it needs repairs, it drives itself to the repair shop. It buys the parts it needs. It, it keeps doing this. And then after a while, this car, you know, comes back to even. It's now paid off all of the um, money that was necessary in order to build the car initially. So now the car is in a surplus. And so what that car could do is it could buy another car and it could uh you know start that car as a taxi and and uh you right. know spawn to, multiple start, ones. yeah it starts sharing routes and sharing jobs and right things like and, that. and and it could be more efficient and blah 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 and then at the end of the day i mean you might though a funny <clears throat> a funny way to think about it would be you would have a parking lot with uh, some some old self-driving car in it that's been around for a long time that just sits around collecting money and not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it could be like a middle manager. Um, yeah. So, or, what do you think? <laughs> or uh, yeah, what do you think? Uh, before we close up, the before we close off the show, make a uh, make a prediction on when you think one in every twenty-five cars will be a self-driving wow. car. How soon does this happen? Um, that's a good question. I think it is a, um, there's a generational thing that there's a generational divide that has to happen. I think it will be accelerated because, uh, because of the safety record. I think, you know, we'll probably have some deaths initially and then, and things are going to be figured out as, as, um, you know, the, the, uh, the programming gets, uh, very kind of ingrained, but, um, there is also a, some, some sort of like a, uh, you know, a break point where once you go over that, you, the benefits, the network effect of having many other self-driving cars already on the road, uh, will just make it go into high gear. Um, but I, I don't think there will be an even distribution across the uh, across the world. It's really going to be it's going to start in a certain place and then it's going to, uh, you know, roll over to other areas. So so all of with all of my caveats that I've just thrown in there, um, I think it's it's probably, you know, more like, you know, 15, 20 years away. I think it's a ways away. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think, but I do think your point of tying in uh, the idea of sharing being the f- kind of uh, let's presume for a moment that the sharing of cars becomes more prevalent, not less, over time. Which I think we can agree that it will. Yeah. Uh, so then you start to think about the ripple effect of that, where uh, you start to have people who never get their driver's license because they never drive a car. Yeah, and. Uh, and the only reason that right now, the only reason to get a driver's license if you don't drive is because you need it for identification. Yeah. Well, that will go away mm-hmm. because the assumption that you have to drive a car somewhere will go away. Yeah. So now my identification is my passport or it's some other state issued uh, thing that says I am who I am, but it has nothing to do with the fact that I can drive a car. Yeah, it's an ID card. Yep. Yeah. And so if you think about that as being the first wave of this, then... I think as people, you know, are moving more to cities and you've got all these trends that favor self-driving cars, 
then I think or a favor uh, not owning a car really, yeah, or not owning a car at all, and not thinking about the fact that uh, that that's how I get around. That I have to get in the car, you know, push the gas pedal myself, and drive myself to where I'm going. If that's the if that is in fact where things are headed, then I think you're right. I think we're there's a there's a there's a lot of people who will never be comfortable with that with giving up control. So I think where it starts to tip is as a generation of people who didn't really know that they needed to drive. Yeah, the ones that, that started uh, in the sharing economy. Yeah, and are yeah. comfortable with never driving a car. And not and, owning a car. And not owning a car yeah. and don't really get that, what, that that's what it was all about at one point. Yeah. Then their willingness to be driven around by something that's autonomous is uh, goes way up. So I think you're – it is probably 20 years, but I think we probably start to see them on the road in the next five. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. You know? And we'll see them around. It'll start in San Francisco. You know, yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. Google's a logical place for this to start. Maybe Chinese, maybe the Chinese build you know, a few or something like that. It's going to be really interesting to see how this develops. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Chinese uh, are going to you know, be way out in front on this. I think, I think it's definitely a Silicon Valley type thing uh, for a while. And, um, well, they're already they're so far ahead with you know. I think Tesla probably joins this parade pretty quickly at yeah, some point. I think so. But I think you know companies like Google have the money and the wherewithal to experiment heavily, and they also have a culture and a group of people who are willing to try anything. Sure, right. And um, they also so, have a need for it. The, the, yeah. the traffic is crazy, and the and you know, and they actually have a. Uh, an environment, uh, a gov- governmental environment where they would do something really radical, like say, okay, all the HOV lanes are now closed down. They're only for self-driving cars. Yep. They yep. would, they could do that. Like, I don't see that happening in, in Texas, for example. Nope. No, but, I think you're right. They're, yeah. it's a more progressive yeah. or whatever the right word is. It's a, it's a more yeah, something. A different, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I, I can see uh, kids and and the elderly demanding this before the before the you and I of the world. Uh, yeah. Even though I'm, I'm I probably demand it because I'm a tech guy, but um, you know the average person. I think the the demand is really going to come from you know the kid that has the iPhone. And has you know whatever, and they yep. just need to get to to. They want to go to the movies or school or right the movies, and yep. you don't have time to take them. So you so it, you know you as as the adult as the parent uh, gain time. You buy time, you know, at whatever else you wanted to do by buying you know a few like you know I'm thinking like a ten fifteen thousand dollar little tiny people carrier that drives your kid to whatever, and. Uh, you know, and, and now that's done. I think that's, I mean, you, you, you know, all those, uh, you know, they call them soccer moms for a reason. Yep. Like they're driving kids to soccer practice, like all the time. It's a huge, huge job. Yep. Exactly. Um, anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back uh, with another show till next time.